The show is called Hitting the Mark. My name is Ray Carr, along with Cindy Verblin and the star of our show, Jeffrey Mark. Jeffrey, tell me a little bit more, um, if you will, about the shows that you and Dawn did together. It's a funny thing. In my mind, she's this big star. And I guess I have to accept that I'm a celebrity and that some people think of me as being kind of sort of a star. Not easy for me to swallow, but like I'll, I'll be very grateful and nod my head and say thank you. So we worked together three times in public. Twice, I interviewed Dawn in front of a public, uh, did a Q&A, and I sang. So we, we got all dressed up and you know, in front of several hundred people, I got to ask her some of the questions you've been asking me and sing for her and to her. And it was very, very successful. One time she interviewed me. The venue was doing a series of celebrities interviewing celebrities. And they, they asked me to be interviewed and who would you like to interview? I said, Dawn, of course. So, so Dawn spent an hour or more in front of hundreds of people asking me questions. And again, I sang to fill in some of the time. They went so well. The last one we did was about, from where we're sitting right now, about a year and a half ago. And uh, it was so successful and the audience loved it so much uh, that we were talking about taking it on the road. We, we, we would go for money. This was for charity this time. But we'd go for money where I would interview her and sing. And we have a little you know, show we could tour with. And then COVID hit and then Dawn got sick and that was the end of that. But uh, I, I love being on stage with her. You could feel, you felt the audience's love for her, or at least for the icon. Because audiences adored Marion. Just there's something about how Dawn played that character that resonated with people. And you, you I got to feel it. The, those three shows, and I, and I did a Hollywood autograph show with her, so four times, and got to watch the fans interacting with her. And just idolization, uh, not of, uh, not on the level of, oh, Miss Wells, but on the level of, oh, my goodness, I love you. I'm so happy to see you. I, I got to witness that. So uh, I, I was very happy to work with her. And if COVID hadn't hit, We'd be looking forward to doing a tour together, and it's one of those sadnesses of life that that won't happen. Well, at least we have the uh, forum in which to speak of her here, so that's the good thing about it. Okay? Mm -hmm. And her memory will always be alive as long as we're here. Yeah. So I've mentioned the parties she's thrown through the years. Even with her parties, there was such incredible attention to detail. She wouldn't serve just anything. If she's putting out cheeses, they had to be interesting gourmet cheeses with flavors and nuts and fruits in them that you wouldn't find just anywhere. She didn't get crackers from the supermarket. She shopped carefully to get things. Ooh, this is tasty. This is new. What is this? <laughs> um, coffee and tea were served in a beautiful sterling silver coffee and tea set with you know, creamer and sugar and I own that now uh, but it was at all of her parties polished and gleaming and sparkly 
the food was always delicious. If she served champagne, it was good champagne. If she served liquor, it was top shelf liquor. She really wanted her guests to feel special, to feel at home, to feel comfortable, and to have a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, her parties were well thought out and planned, including the party games that, that we've talked about her having. Uh, they didn't just pop into her head. She planned them well ahead. Of, in fact, sometimes what she would do is uh, take a wicker basket and write down ideas for topics and throw them in the basket. And then when she felt enough food and drink had been in, eaten or imbibed, it was time for the talking part of the party. She'd gather everybody and then just pull things out randomly and read the piece of paper and we'd give it up the paper said. Now, I'm not talking about doing the hokey pokey and turning myself around. I'm talking about either you talked about yourself in some fashion or you answered a question or you talked about a specific conundrum. And the guests loved it because it gave everybody a chance to think and feel and laugh. And it, it helped you to be a little more honest in your interactions with others at the party. And then when we talked individually, it's like, hey, wasn't that a great idea? Hey, that answer you gave about the banana, uh, could you ask, it just, it just made all of us intermingle better and get to know each other better as people. So the next time there was a party in her house and she usually had a lot of the same people. There were eight or 10 regulars who were at every party. And then there were people she sort of uh, used in rotation so that her parties didn't become dull. It was all really well planned out. She didn't like huge surprises. Now I live in the California desert now. When I first met Don, I was living in Las Vegas. So through the years I've lived in several places, she was in Los Angeles and I couldn't make it to a party. She was throwing a party. I think I was sick and I couldn't, I was living in, in, out here in the desert and couldn't drive in for it. But I get a call from her, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. I said, what's the matter? What's the matter? You won't believe this. She had a guest house in her backyard and the girl who was renting it from her was doing the fan mail for Gene Siemens of Kiss. And the girl came to the party and she brought a porn star with her as her date. Huh. Oh, oh, no. No kidding. Ron Jeremy. No. Yes. Who? Ron Jeremy. The hedgehog. Ron oh, Jer no. Now, I've known Ron Jeremy since the 80s. Yeah. Because I used to work for Al Goldstein at Screw Magazine writing his editorials for him. And Ron, I won't say anything about Ron. He's, he's got huge legal troubles right now. I don't need to add fuel to the fire. But classy is not a word I would attribute <laughs> to Ron Jeremy. No, not at all. But he came to the party with a potty mouth and a, a less than classy attitude. And Dawn's, who is this guy? Only she didn't use the word guy. And why is he here? Do you know, have you ever heard of him? I, I explained who Ron was and that I did know him. And she said, can I throw him out? I said, if I were there, I'd throw him out. Go <laughs> right away. Wow. Well, wow. More adult films than any actor ever, I think. Well, he'll tell you that. That's not true, but he'll tell you that. Yeah, I've heard that somewhere, but <laughs> what a storied life.
you know, it wasn't that she was a prude by anyone's estimations, but, you know, class is not knowing which fork to eat with or what wine to serve with fish. Class is being polite, having manners, knowing how to interact with other people in a healthy, polite way. And none of that is Ron, all of that is gone. And she did not appreciate people under her roof who were uncouth. And she couldn't believe that this girl had the effrontery to bring this guy to her party. That's an egregious group for sure. Through the years, whether I was living in Las Vegas or Los Angeles or in the California desert, if Dawn went on tour for a long time, sometimes she would invite me to come stay at her house, take care of her cats, and be a presence in her home. It gave me a chance for a little bit of a getaway in a beautiful house. This one day I'm at her house, Dawn's on tour. So Dawn has nothing to do with this other than this is happening at her home. And I went to a luncheon for Pacific pioneer broadcasters. In fact, I was being honored with several other people that day. And I came back from the luncheon and she had this wonderful cat named Driggs, who was ancient and used to love in the afternoon to be let out in the backyard so she could lay out in the sun and like help her arthritis. The cat, the cat was smart, she knew what she needed. And the, the sliding glass doors were right off of Dawn's breakfast room. And that led to her backyard where she had a pool but she also had a guest house. Originally was built for her mother to live in. Her mother had by this point passed and Dawn was renting it out. And I opened the thick curtains and I opened the door. I let the cat out and there sitting at an umbrella table is my friend Chuck McCann, who was a major comedian, major uh, cartoon voice artist and a legendary children's host in New York City. And the girl who was renting this guest house was clothed, barely, sitting on his lap with her arms around him, hopping up and down on his lap. And I just stare at them and Chuck sees me. He goes, Jeffrey Mark, what are you doing here? I said, well, I often house sit for dawn the more interesting question is, what are you doing here? Because I had a dinner appointment that night with Chuck and his wife. I sang with Jack Sheldon's group on Thursday nights in Glendale at a place called Jack's, J-A-X. And we were going to meet there with Jack Riley for dinner and watch me perform. So I knew I was seeing him later in the day. I wasn't expecting him to see him there with this girl on his lap. He literally stands up and the girl falls to the floor like a comedy sketch. Wow. He picks her up and immediately calls his wife. Well, guess who I ran into, honey? Trying to fix this because he was afraid I was going to rat him out. And I didn't. I didn't. Uh, he said, come on, Jeff, we're going to lunch. I said, I just came from lunch. Yeah, well, you're having another one. He wants <laughs> as a chaperone with this girl. And I... I go back to the house. He goes to her place. I go into Dawn's. I try to block all this out of my head. And I end up that night at Jack's 
and Chuck and his wife in the restaurant screaming at each other about this girl. And I did my best. It's like, calm down. She's no threat to you. She's nothing. Relax. Forget about it. But, but it affected my friendship with Chuck for the rest of our lives together. He was always waiting for me to out him. I, I never did until he died. I mean, now I talk about it because he isn't here anymore. But uh, stuff like that sometimes happened around Dawn. Yeah. Dawn could sometimes be the center for other th things that she had nothing to do with. But stuff would happen. How did the white find out? Yeah. Because he called her and told her, guess who I ran into? Well, where did you run into him? Uh, 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 well, I was visiting this fan. Oh. Why couldn't he just say he saw you on the street? Why, why would he have to do that? Because I caught him and I was standing right there. And it's one thing for me not to tell anybody what I saw. It's another thing to have me lie on his behalf. And he knew I wouldn't do that. I would lie to not tell her, but I wouldn't agree to a made-up story. Okay. That loyalty question that was asked at the party, there's a perfect example of it. What do you do when a friend gets caught? I adored Chuck's wife, Betty. She was one of the major agents in Hollywood. Yeah. She was beautiful, smart, powerful, they have a, had a beautiful home in the Hollywood Hills right next to Edie Adams. And like some men, Chuck couldn't help himself. So what do you do? But when I told Dawn this story, she fell off her chair laughing. She <laughs> thought it was so funny because she had no part in it. So she could laugh that this happened at my house, but I have nothing to do with this at all. So it was that double thing of how funny it actually was and that her hands were clean. The show is called Hitting the Mark. My name is Ray Carr, along with Cindy Verbalin and the star of our show, Jeffrey Mark. I'm Cindy Verbalin. I'm here with Ray Carr and the star of our show, Jeffrey Mark. And this is Hitting the Mark. And this week we are talking about Don Wells. It's a funny thing, you know, we wanted to talk about Don today. How much of our dialogue is about Marianne? We were, we were talking, Dawn and I, about five years ago, six years ago. Dawn had a major operation five, six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. She was quite ill. She was in the hospital and quite ill for a while. So, you know, the talk comes to the what ifs. And while she was recuperating, I was having coffee with her in her house. And she says, Jeffrey, you know that when I die, they're going to talk more about Marianne than they're going to talk about me. They're going to bury Marianne before they bury me. And it's a laugh and it's a, a wonderful quip. I was honored to be among the very few people who were allowed to attend her funeral by video. She was buried uh, in Reno, her hometown. And her manager was there. Her favorite boyfriend was there. And a few friends from school were there. There were about 30 of us who got to watch by video. And I'll be a three-eyed Kryptonian babooch that the pastor they brought in who had never met her held our book in his hand. What would Marianne do? And over and over and over, Marianne, Marianne, Marianne. I sat there thinking, Dawn, you knew what you were talking about because <laughs> yeah. he mentioned Marianne's name more than he mentioned Dawn's name. 
but it was a beautiful it was a beautiful service i was very happy to be a part of it along with her closest friends and sometime in the future when the world opens up and it's safe for everybody we'll be having a memorial service for her in which i will be speaking yeah, it's really been a great conversation, Jeffrey. I mean, it's, you know, so much about her and, you know, there's, again, very complex individual and she really has given a lot in many different ways to not only TV, but to humanity. She gave a lot to me. When you're talking about someone who's a personal friend, I can talk, I guess, for hours if we have the time about her public persona. But there was a person there a person I truly loved, who I liked a lot, who I loved. I, I was never bored in her company, ever. Every visit with her, even if it was just sitting around her pool, having a cold drink, was an event, was something to look forward to and enjoy. Like I said, she really was the hostess with the mostess on the ball. She had great parties. And whether it was 40 of us at a formal party, or 300 of us at a public event, or Don and I working together, we worked together three times, uh, or just the two of us in our underwear sitting around the kitchen table. It was an event. She made it an event just by being Dawn, just by bringing her, she brought herself, what was in her at that moment to everything she did. I really respected that. Like me, she, did, she didn't do anything half-heartedly. If she did it, she was all in. And as a friend, she was all in. And I'm blessed to have been a recipient of that. Yeah. Great story, Jeffrey. I mean, it's uh, hopefully that her legacy will live forever, not just Marianne's. Yeah. I hope so. I, I know that because of how pop culture is, that, that Dawn Wells and Marianne Summers are inexorably tied together. But please know that while Marianne was a lovely girl and very sweet and pleasant to be around, there was so much more to Dawn than there was to Marianne, a real, a real full person who loved me a lot and made my life happier. Well said. Is there uh, any closing statements about Marianne or Dawn Wells that you'd like to share with the audience? Many years ago, a young actress was killed in a parking lot after taking an, an acting class in Los Angeles, or perhaps she was giving an acting class. The girl at one time had been married to Ethel Merman's son, and, and Ethel adored her, adored her company, felt that this woman was a big presence in her life, and attended her funeral, which was religiously... Buddhist. So everyone was barefoot and wearing robes and incense was lit. And they asked Ethel to get up and say something, which was probably a mistake because Ethel talked like a sailor. And she got up to the microphone and you're going to pardon my language. I am quoting Ethel Merman. I don't know what this is all about, but this is what I know. When I call her tomorrow to talk to her and tell her I love her, she's not going to answer. And I'm damned angry about it. Whoa. Yeah, well, they should have known better. 
And that's kind of sort of how I feel. I, I'm, I'm terribly hurt and a little angry that the next important thing in my life that happens, I can't share it with her or get her wonderful advice. When you have friends who are a lot older than you are, one has to assume they're going to predecease you. And I have lost 30 or 40 really close friends in the last 20 years. And then there are the two or three where it's like, wow, there is now a gaping hole in my life. Dawn's loss is a gaping hole in my life. And I'm terribly sad about it and a little angry. I'm Ray Carr, along with Cindy Verblin and Jeffrey Mark. The show is called Hitting the Mark. Our topic next week will be the great Milton Berle.